Hello, everyone. Welcome to Relationship Real Talk, Live the Life's podcast. For over 20 years, we have been dedicated to strengthening marriages and families through relationship education. For more information, you can visit us at livethelife.org. Welcome, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alfonso. And today our guest is Richard Alberson. Richard is the founder and president of Live the Life. He began he began Live the Life 22, 22 years ago, excuse me, in an extra room in his townhouse. And now Live the Life's programs are taught all around the country and even across the world. He co-wrote Adventures in Marriage with Dr. Lori Gordon, and he currently teaches the curriculum all over the country. So today we're going to dive into kind of a hot topic issue, and that issue is pornography. So before we get started, I'm going to give you some statistics on porno- pornography that are actually really kind of overwhelming. So one of the first ones I want to talk about is one in five youth pastors and one in seven pastors use porn on a regular basis and are currently struggling. So if we do that math, that's about 50,000 U.S. church leaders who are really struggling with pornography. And then the other statistic I want to talk about is 56% of divorces involved one party saying they had an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. So this issue is really affecting our churches and our marriages. So while before we get started, I want to welcome Richard. Thank you for joining us. It's great to have, great to be with you guys. How you doing today, boss man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. One of the most Google questions on porn is, what is the big deal with pornography? So, Richard, what's the big deal with pornography? Well, it's a huge deal, and it's impacting relationships in a profound way. I would say that several things. One is having to do with sexual satisfaction. Most people want to have a happy, healthy sex sex life, and pornography actually ruins your sex life. Pornography actually makes it worse. Um, it leads to one-dimensional sex. Uh, there's there's several huge studies have been, been done on pornography and and uh, in, published in peer-reviewed journals, which is kind of like the gold standard of why you know how this research is so important. So uh, having the sexual satisfaction, it said that this one study said under no circumstances is porn use associated with greater sexual satisfaction. So the more you look at uh, pornography, the lower your sexual satisfaction is going to be. So for people, if you want to have a great sex life, don't look at porn. If you want to have a terrible sex life, hey, knock yourself out. Get addicted to porn. Look at it all the time. And, you know, but you're going to ruin your sex life. It's really not a good strategy to do that. Um, it's also very one dimensional sex because it's it's it gives you a bad image. It's kind of an illusion of what good sex and healthy sex should be. And it's it's especially in, in the research for men. It leads to very one-dimensional sex, and that is very unhealthy for our young men as they're moving into relationships. That's not good. Um, and it also it, it creates infrequent orgasms. So even for for females, it, it, it lowers your or your ability to have an orgasm. So there's all these different things. And also one of the biggest ones, and you know, why is this such a big deal? One of the biggest ones is loneliness because porn use increases is very heavily associated with loneliness. The more porn you look at, the more lonely you're going to become. The more lonely you become, you look at more porn. So it becomes this vicious circle that just brings you down further and further and further into a pit. Um, and it's just, it's devastating. It's, it's destroying relationships. It's destroying marriages. It's ruining people's sex lives. And yet so many people are doing it because, you know, it, it just seems like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But the research is telling us it is a huge deal. So just to piggyback off of all of all of that, just a random question. So what do you say to people who try to, try to use it to spice up 
their sex life. You know, that's a lot of the narrative now is, oh, you know, it could be used to spice up the relationship. Right. And the third. So what do you say to people? Oh, I've definitely heard that theory. And I've worked with a lot of couples that that (laughs) say that. And uh, but the reality is that's not what it does. It doesn't spice things up. It actually it actually makes it more one dimensional. And so it doesn't actually help. The research is very strong on that. It doesn't help anyone improve their sex life. It decreases sexual satisfaction, and it does not make it more interesting. And just a real quick question. You said one-dimensional. So for our listeners, could you define what that means? What does one-dimensional sex mean? Well, uh, it's inaccurate, and it's and it's showing th- it's showing things. It's showing kind of an illusion of what the perfect sexual relationship would be mm-hmm. and it's and a lot of it is airbrushed and makeup and all this stuff and it kind of paints this picture that's unrealistic um i remember i had one young man that we were working with when he, he and his wife or his fiance were getting married and he had this illusion that his wife was going to have an orgasm every time they had sex well where did he get that illusion from you know well, he's been looking at pornography. Well, that's a bunch of baloney for this young man to think he's going to get into a marriage. And every single time his wife is going to have an orgasm, that's that's devastating because when that doesn't happen, now it's like, oh, no, and I'm a failure. Mm-hmm, like an ego check. Yeah. And, and so his, his male ego is just totally deflated because he's thinking that this is going to be this wonderful thing. And then it doesn't happen. Well, something must be wrong with me because all that porn I look at, you know, everything's just wonderful and great. So it's one dimensional and it, uh, it actually hurts relationships. So it's kind of like a fantasy. And yeah. we've been talking about, you know, a lot of people look at it. A lot of people are actually addicted to it. So why is pornography so addictive? What about it makes it so hard to stop? Well, because what it does is it creates new neural pathways in your brain. Our brain is so amazing the way God designed it. You can create these new neural pathways that weren't there before. So you get a young man, you know, or a young lady, you know, as a teenager, they've already got their hormones going like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And then they start looking at something visually appealing and like, oh, ooh, that's kind of cool. And what it does is it creates a new neural pathway that was not there. And the brain loves repetition. So once you've done that, now just think of it as like a little dirt road in your brain. It's like a little dirt road down there. I've never been down that road before. Well, it's a little dirt road. You know, go down there. But that was kind of exciting. Then I look at it again and now it's now it's like a now it's a paved road because I'm doing that, you know, done mm-hmm. it again and again. And now I'm doing it several times and now it's a now it's a two-lane road. You know, and now it's a four-lane road. And now it's a six-lane road. And now I am addicted. I am stuck and it's destroying my sex life and I can't get an erection because I'm addicted to pornography. So it creates this, this hook in the brain. It's like, it's very, very addictive. And it takes one research study said it takes more than a year going cold Turkey before you can actually recalibrate and redirect the brain to shift and get off of that heavy addiction. That's just so detrimental to our young people. Yeah. Wow. I think that's, and that's, Number one, it's really sad that there are so many people addicted. Number two, I think it's really hopeful that there is the possibility of rewiring your brain and having that ability to actually be able to have those happy, healthy relationships and even sex with your you know, wife, husband. Um, but I think a lot of people think, you know, this is a really big deal. It's not affecting me. But according to research, who is pornography affecting the most? Well, it's affecting everybody, especially if you well, just take one example, young men. Most people think that when you see those commercials on TV, the, the Viagra, you know, and Cialis commercials, it's always got the old men, right? Well, in their 60s with the, the gray hair walking around. Use Viagra, use Cialis. Well, the research is very strong. The number one users of Viagra and Cialis are men in their, you know, between 20 and 30. 
It's not the oh, old really? Yeah, it's not the old guys that are having erectile dysfunction. Yes, they are, but it's the young guys that are having it's called porn induced erectile dysfunction. P I E D, which means they're having these young men are having a trouble getting an erection. Why? Because they're addicted to pornography. And it actually it actually uh, it, uh, makes you so that you can't get an erection. So that's another thing I say to young guys when I'm working with you know, a lot of young men, teenagers, college age kids, young guys. I say, you know, um, if you if you want to have a, a limp, you know, if you don't want to get erect, then watch all the porn you want, knock yourself out. But if you want if you want to be having a great virile sex life uh, and and a, and, a, and never have to worry about that, never have to stress out about having to take Viagra Cialis, don't look at porn. But if you do that, you're asking for trouble. You are asking to be limp <laughs> by watching porn. Yeah, and I think that's a statistic that not a lot of people, I mean, I even saw you, Alfonso, just kind of your eyebrows raised, like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> but people don't know that that, yeah, the young men and from 18 to, like, what, 35 are yep. like the highest users of Viagra. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Because well, that's just so young. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's shocking. And a lot. Of, and when I talk, tell this to a lot of young people, they're like, What? And I would say this too, you know, back in 1998, when I first started Live a Life, the number one issue when married men would come into my office, the number one issue again and again and again was men coming in saying, you know what? I can't get my wife to have sex with me. And they were so frustrated and they were like, what can I do to get my wife to have more sex with me? And so this was an issue that we talk about when I work with all these, these guys to help them. Well, now it's completely flipped. Now it's young women coming in saying, how do I get my husband to have sex with me again? How do I get my husband to have sex? Because he can't get an erection. And I'm like, well, does he look at pornography? Oh, yeah. He looks at that all the time. I hate it. I look, oh, okay. So I, I, I find out that's what's going on. Well, that's why. And so the ladies are now upset because the men won't have sex with them. And I'm it's just so sad and so because we're we're missing out on so much on this 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 gift that we've been given that God has given us. Yeah, so you touched a little bit about how pornography is affecting those relationships. Can you expand on that a little bit? How else is pornography affecting these romantic relationships? Well, just because the, the just the physical part is really damaging the physical part. And then because it's one dimensional, I'm not doing the other things that I have to do with the relationship. I'm not, I'm not focusing on, you know, bonding and attachment and spending time together and having mutual interests and learning about each other and having conversation and, and really learning how we can bond, attach and doing things together. Because we're, this, this part of our, our relationship over here is so screwed up and one dimensional and messed up. But that's kind of all we have over here. It becomes it becomes an issue. So when you when you're looking at romantic relationships and the effects of pornography, have you noticed that there has been a switch from uh, a high level of men using to also pretty high levels of women yeah. using pornography? Yes, and that's the research is very strong on that. That young women uh, in their you know teenage years. And in their 20s, a lot of young ladies are becoming addicted to por- pornography, too, which is a lot of the researchers w- were stunned to find this. But it's 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 growing in the numbers and it's growing in the research for these for these young ladies. And, you know, as a parent, you know, a lot of times I'll do some parenting seminars and p- parent workshops and retreats. And they'll ask me, well, when you know, hey, when should I when should I get a phone? You know, that cell phone is just such a pain in the butt. Uh, and it causes so much drama. But when should I get a phone for my teenager? And I always ask them, well, when do you want them to start looking at porn? Because whatever age you want your child to start looking at porn, that's when you buy them a cell phone. Because that's as soon as you give them a cell phone, that's what they're going to do. Do you really want your 10-year-old to have an iPhone? Do you really want your 12-year-old, your 14-year-old? 
your 16 year old, you know, so it becomes kind of a touchy subject. And these parents just kind of look at me like in shock. And I'm like, well, that's what the research says. So as soon as you give them a cell phone, that's when they start looking at porn. They start getting. Right. Whether they're seeking it. it out or not, there's Instagram. It finds them. It finds them. That's right. I was just about to, uh, I was just about to say, I know we talked about other than the obvious, okay, naked people, sex, other than that, but what really, what's, what's grabbing or pulling people towards porn so often? And you talked about Instagram and just social media. How, how effective is Instagram, social media when it comes to just putting that in kids' faces? Because I never thought about it like that, but as soon as you do get a phone, ads pop up especially nowadays you hear something it's going to pop up so even if a kid is curious and just says it out loud who knows what ad will pop up and leave them down the wrong path so what what's the connection between the two what's the connection between what now instagram social media and pornography and just how it's growing to be an issue well yeah because it becomes a trail you know it becomes a like a, the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. <laughs> and the breadcrumbs that lead to this and then it leads to that and then it leads to this and, and it's not just that i mean the social media does play a part in that and it is it is a, it is an issue but it's also hey i go over to my friend's house you know and i talk to my buddy or he he sends me a text or he sends me a link <laughs> and then i click on that link and like well what's this link my buddy ha ha he it's funny you know he sends me a link and then i open it like oh my gosh what did you just send me Oh, I can I look? Let me hit that link again. I kind of like that. So it becomes a sharing thing where they, you know, the, through texting and through all these social media platforms, it becomes a way of sharing information and sharing stuff that is very, woo, you know, it's, and it gets, it gives your brain a shot of dopamine. So every time when you're looking at pornography, it, it, it senses the, the eyes and the visual part of it. You get these dopamine shots and you get these adrenaline rush and there's these wonderful things. These, this, this, it feels good. So the research is very strong on all the chemicals that are going off in your body. So not only, like we said, not only do you have the teenage hormones going on, which are already like this, but you throw into that even more, you know, you're just, you're asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. And I I have so many young men that have said to me, you know, hey, you know, yes, okay, I look at porn, but you know, I'm just going to look at it and do this until I get married. And then I'm going to (laughs) stop. And then they get married and they don't stop. And then they come back. Years and years of doing it. You got it. It becomes addiction. I said, don't do that, man. That's a bad strategy. That is not going to be helpful. That's not what you're looking for. That's not the picture we want to paint for our young people. And then what what are some steps you can give to someone to, you know, get out of that habit to break the porn addiction? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. There's um, there's fight the new drug, uh, uh, which is a, if just Google that search that it becomes an app you can download and actually helps you track your your porn use and and masturbation, which is very much plugged in with pornography. So it kind of tracks that gives you resources, articles to do. There's also that's a that's a secular program. There's also a uh, um, uh, ConquerSeries.com, which is a, a faith-based program that yeah, that men walk through that kind of help them with this issue. But one of the th- one of the things that I think is very helpful is understanding how the brain works. And so become because these things are patterns. Mm-hmm. So let's say a young man comes home and you know he comes home from school. He gets home at three o'clock. He goes in. You know maybe no one's home. He shuts the door. He either goes on his laptop. He looks at his phone and he looks at porn. And before you know it. There it is, right? Okay, so then the next day he comes home, he walks it up, mm-hmm. he shuts the door, it becomes this pattern, this pattern, this pattern that you just, and remember the brain loves repetition. The brain loves to do things again and again, creates those super highways. So what you've got to do is you've got to learn to teach your brain because the brain is so amazing with neuroplasticity and how it can create new fibers and new pathways that weren't there. What you do is when you come home, you've got to train your brain to divert. 
<laughs> I come home. I don't go to my room. I go over here and I, I go over here and I, I, I play video games with a friend of mine. Or I, I get my bike and I go on a bike ride. Or I go work out or I, I divert. And every day I do that. And guess what that does? It creates a new neural pathway going that way. Same thing is true with food. You know, the brain will do a lot of things. Just, I'm going to do this. And so you have to teach yourself to divert in those moments. Instead of doing this, create a, it's only a dirt road over here. I'm, I'm going here. I'm going to take a walk. I'm just going to take a walk when I get home from school every day. And then that becomes a regular pattern and the pattern gets more and more. The dirt lane becomes a paved road, a two lane, you know, and it becomes now that's the habit and that becomes the pattern. That's really what you have to do. And you have to do that kind of consistently. Sheesh. <laughs> For anybody that's struggling with it, do you have any encouraging stories? Yeah. And I, and you definitely want to think about the positive side of this. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to think about the beautiful, we want, we want to paint a beautiful picture for our young people of what we're, and all, not just young people, but all ages, we want to paint a beautiful picture of what sex is and how, how amazing it is and how fantastic it is. So um, one of the ways I think about that is like for, for you, Alfonso, if mm-hmm. I were to say to you, you know, Hey, Alfonso, you, I've got a deal for you here. I've got this uh, 20 gallon tank of gas, Alfonso, and we're out in the, you and I are out in the desert. We're out in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's hot. It's 120 degrees in the sun mm-hmm. blazing down. There's not a cloud in the sky. And I say, Alfonso, would you walk down this hot pavement, you know, 10 miles down the road? Would you, would you carry this tank of gas down that road for me? You're going to look at me like, Richard, are you out of your mind? I don't want to do that. That sounds terrible. That's, that's not, that doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. But what if I said, Hey, Alfonso, at the end of that 10 miles, I got a red Ferrari that's yours and the keys are already in it. It's, it's yours and you can oh, have you it. No more. See, there you go. Now you're, 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 you're running, right? And you're, that gas isn't so heavy now. Whereas before it's, you're dragging this awful head. Richard, why are you making me do this? Because Alfonso, there's a red Ferrari waiting for you. And I want you to drive that Ferrari and I'm excited for you to have that Ferrari. It's going to be awesome. It's exciting. Paint that kind of a picture with, Oh, waiting for that. Oh, you can't do anything. You, you know, this, the, the, we're trying to be the killjoys to ruin your family, ruin your fun. Mm-hmm. And no, paint a positive picture. This is what we want for you. It's this beautiful, wonderful thing waiting for you. So we have to paint a picture for our kids of this amazing thing and the way, the way God designed our world. You know, sex is everywhere. Sex is good for you. When you talk about married sex, people are having them the most fun sex, the most frequent sex, the most passionate sex, it's married people. They're having a great time. You would never know this from watching the TV and watching the movies and all that, but married people are having the most fun. So we want to paint that positive picture of what can be for, for young people and for, as they're getting married because it's a beautiful thing, right? Sex uh, clears your nostrils. It um, it does has all these health benefits. It clears up your skin. It makes you look, you know, five to seven years younger. Uh, it does all these amazing things. It increases your, it, it helps your heart. There's so many health benefits. I bet you didn't know that I'm, you know, I'm uh, 85 years old, Alfonso. You didn't know that, did you? No, I'm just, he's looking at me like, what? Because <laughs> we're about to cut the podcast, it makes, right? it makes you look like, like Richard, wow. Yeah, we're you know. about to cut the podcast. Wait a minute. <laughs> but it just has so many health benefits. Mm-hmm. It makes you it makes you live longer. There's just so many good things that, that it's good for. And by the way, it actually helps you get rid of a headache. You know, so I tell the thing all the time that, you know, if, if my wife ever says to me, honey, I have a headache, I'm like, oh, I have an idea. I know. I know just what to do. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> I know. I have, I have a solution for that. I can help that headache. So there's just a lot of wonderful things. So we want to paint a positive picture for people. This is not necessarily what we're against, that we're trying to pound people and beat them up, and make them feel guilty and make them feel shamed. And this is evil, sinful, awful, dirty and 
Save it for the one you love. Mm-hmm. We don't want to paint that picture. Paint a beautiful picture of what could be and what should be for our folks. That's what we're aiming for. And only because I've heard this argument, what what would you say to young people that say, oh, well, if I wait until I get married to have sex, how do I know that person is the compatible one? Because I know when you talk about things like that, that's the topic. Like, oh, well, if I don't figure out you know what I do, what she do, is it really worth it? So what would you say to anybody young that has and that? That's a, that's a common misperception mm-hmm. that people have too. And so, you know, the idea is the world tells a lie better than the church tells the truth sometimes. And so I, mm. I totally get that. And I hear that all the time. But the, the thing is, the thing is this, for these people that are thinking about having a healthy relationship, you know, why buy the cow if the milk's free? Mm-hmm. You know, you've heard that kind of stuff. You got to try it out. But the research is actually the exact opposite. The more sexual partners you have, the more sex you have before you get married, the more likely you are to get divorced. The chances of two virgins when they get married, the chances of them getting divorced is so low. It's it's almost you can hardly measure it in the research. Two virgins, which in America in 2020, you know, two virgins getting married. You know, what is that? But two virgins getting married, the divorce rate is so low, you can hardly measure it. So that's actually the opposite of what people think. Well, oh, I've got to, I've got to try all these things out. Well, that's because that's the porn industry. It's it's mm-hmm. the movies, it's the commercials, it's the commercial, it's the marketing because sex sells. So we don't want to te- we don't want to paint that picture, right? It's better to stir everybody up and because I got to make money. Mm-hmm. And you know the porn industry. I don't. I haven't seen the latest numbers this year, but it's just a staggering amount of money that they make. So they're not about to tell the picture that hey, two virgins getting married is actually the best thing you can do. That's your you want to lower your chances of of of, uh, of getting divorced. That's what you should do. Well, and I'll also say when I have done research on you know sexual compatibility because you know everyone's like oh I have to be sexually compatible. Mm-hmm. It's actually almost impossible to not be physically sexually compatible with another human being, with a with a male and a female. Oh, really? It's almost impossible to not be sexually compatible. It's psychological. Now so, that I can believe. Exactly. It's someone being like, well, what if they don't like the same things I like? Or what if they don't have the same preferences? And so all of those things are things you can talk about mm-hmm. in a healthy relationship. And the more sexual partners you have, the more people you have to compare and you know, have those things that you're building, the picture you're building up in your mind rather than building your sex life with the one person you're going to be with for the rest of your life. So when someone says, well, what if I'm not compatible? Physically, it's almost impossible to be non-compatible. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yep. And, you know, nature works it out. You know, I mean, you as as a man, we we might stay in the shower and we look down and we see our, and we go, you know, Lord, why did you make me this way? This doesn't make any sense. So a man all by himself doesn't make any sense. But when you put man together with female, it makes total sense. So it works out. You know, the, the biology kicks in and it, it's not this complex, you know, it's, it's not it's not all that. It's the actually the it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but I get why people think that. I do get that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. We will definitely have more conversations on pornography. And if you have any questions, please, again, feel free to email us or DM us. But we hope you feel educated, encouraged, and empowered to thrive in whatever relationship you're in.